When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. You're listening to Mackie and Judd from the TCL Studios. TCL, America's fastest-growing TV brand. Ball's out, picked up by the Vikings. Joseph, can he win this long foot race? Linval Joseph, no flags, touchdown Minnesota. With a first and goal, Ajayi puts it on the ground. This one is to Thielen. What a throw and catch. And in the open field, Adam Thielen spins down inside the 30. It'll be a 41-yard field goal try by Mason Crosby. Good snap, good hold, and hooked to the left. 42-yard field goal try is no good again by Crosby. 48-yard field goal. Oh, my goodness. Mason Crosby is 0 for 3 in this game. Oh my gosh. Mason Crosby has missed three field goals and now a point after. The 56-yard try. Wide right. The last kicker to miss four field goals in a game. Dan Carpenter of Miami all the way back in 2010 against Buffalo. Being a Vikings fan today, huh? It was. Oh my gosh. I watched the first half at home and it became very difficult to see that. Well, the 56 yarder, I mean. No, but, but the, I'm the talking extra about point the point was the most three. uncomfortable, right? Because he had already missed three field goals. Yeah, I think I saw four. I think it was four in the first half and it was uncomfortable. Yeah. Rodgers, I love when they, I was on red zone the whole day yesterday. I love when they show disgruntled Aaron Rodgers getting chased around because his <laughs> offensive line can't keep him protected. And then they keep, they always show him when Mason Crosby misses field goals <laughs> just to see if he's going to roll his eyes or he something. He looks perpetually miserable. Aaron Rodgers now looks like yeah. he would rather be doing anything but playing quarterback well, for this franchise. But, but it's why did he sign, he sign a contract? So in addition to the Vikings, maybe salvaging their season we have these reactions on Packer Ventline, the fan in Milwaukee green and gold postgame show. Go, Pat, go! In terms of my focus and criticism, I got to go to the payroll. I hear all the time that Rodgers is putting the ball in a thimble, you know, 60 yards in practice. Well, I got to admit, it's not just this game, but I think in terms of accuracy, I'm just seeing a decline in the downfield pass. And even in terms of 
leading his receivers so they can get uh, catch the ball and strive, much less just missing open receivers, going downfield instead. I think there's a great room of improvement. So, and that's where my criticism is going to focus on. It's based on payroll. That cheap Mark Murphy, man. (laughs) That cheap Mark Murphy. It's the payroll. That's the problem. But he said it was payroll is the Packers' problem, but then he just blamed Aaron Rodgers for being a bad quarterback. (laughs) That was far too rational, though. I want people. Oh, no, it was completely. He's blaming Aaron Rodgers. No, but his sound was. I want. I want irrational sounding Packers fans. Go Pack, go! You know, I'm sick and tired of the diva too, uh, with his snarkiness and his veiled remarks. Damn. You know, he, he needs to look in the mirror. He's just as much to blame as anybody. Uh huh. That's right. That's go. that's a guy blaming Rodgers. Now the it? booze is kicking but, in. Imagine watching a Packers game and thinking Aaron Rodgers is the problem. I mean, that's amazing. Oh my God! <laughs> Enough beer, and you'll think you'll think everyone's the problem. Uh, on on Vikings, I have a feeling Rick Spielman was watching that game not as much thinking, oh, could could he use that defensive performance in the NFC Championship game at least you know hold him to single digits in the first half. I think he was smiling at the decision to jettison Case Keenum and sign Kirk Cousins thinking, would have been nice to throw haymakers like that in the NFC Championship game oh, yeah. and not just mm-hmm. lie down after, after after the Eagles' defense punches you in the mouth one time and boom, there's nothing else the rest of the game, which is what happened in the first quarter of that NFC Championship game. We've spent so much time complaining about the defense and the running game, and it, I, I think if, if we look at the Vikings' main asset right now, it's going on the road at Green Bay, at Los Angeles, and now at Philadelphia yesterday, and I know your record isn't completely clean in those games, but the fact that your offense went into those three environments and threw absolute haymakers for three hours, passing game on point, that's a huge, huge feather in their cap for projecting ahead to the rest of the season and playoffs. When When is the last time that you've seen a Viking passing game look like this? With with a quarterback who, by the way... His, well, Favre, but, but... Right, but besides that, his throws... The cousin throws aren't just nice, so, sort of fluky plays. The 68-yard pass to Thielen, uh, Fletcher Cox is in Cousins' face. He throws the ball. He can't see. Awfully similar to the Case Keenum interception. Sure. That led to a touchdown the other way, mm-hmm. right? Arm gets hit. Yep. And but in this case, the only guy who's going to catch that ball is Thielen, who does. That play, what what impresses you most about that play is it's a very, very difficult play, but I think it's repeatable. Like or like we've seen passes that are sort of fluky and you're like, oh, that was a really cool play, and it won't happen again. Keenum had Keenum had a handful of those last year. Correct. Where you'd see him be like, okay, that was kind of now we see what Mike Zimmer's talking about when he says he has a horseshoe. Mm-hmm. You know, that's exactly right. Because yes. a lot of the stuff Keenan was doing, you just you're just like he, he can't keep doing that. Yeah, eventually that that luck is going to run out. Yeah, I mean Cousins has shown just in the first month and change here his ability to go toe to toe against big time NFC powerhouse teams and or Hall of Fame quarterbacks like Aaron Rodgers to go toe to toe and fight and win and and not only you know win this was the only win that they've had of those three games but um, but out duel. Quarterbacks like Aaron Rodgers outduel offenses like Philadelphia has shown the past year and a half. So I, 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 if I'm ranking things or attributes for teams that can go on to win the Super Bowl, 
going on the road and looking that good offensively in your passing game, the way the Vikings have had in in the three games we mentioned, I mean that is those are some tough environments and some tough situations to continue pushing forward. And they look great. The the, the passing game looks great. There's and the good news is there's a lot of room for improvement in everything other than the passing game. Yeah, Defensively, run. running yeah. game, offensive line, etc. And obviously special teams. <laughs> <laughs> and yet they're two two and one despite some of these flaws that could have maybe shipwrecked their season the first five weeks. Here's the the r- remarkable stat I saw today from ESPN a stats and info people. Cousins, Kirk Cousins has completed seventy percent of his passes to Thielen and Diggs. That's gone for nine hundred ninety one yards, six touchdowns, and no picks. He has targeted them combined 103 times. No picks. Yeah, that's... Uh, Nearly 1,000 yards. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Do you know all the years we would have taken Not one bad. one receiver or combo? All the all the years of Devin Aroma should do and Michael Jenkins um, and Troy? Uh, um, or... Uh... Well, all the third down Bobby and third, Wade. all the uh, third down and third teens where they dumped it off to tie. Well, that's okay. Th- this is a really good segue. I think we should revisit a conversation we had. I believe it was two summers ago on this show. And you and I, if I remember, right, you and I, I was maybe a little bit more bullish, but you were right there, and we we agreed on. We threw out the question to listeners on Twitter and on the the phone lines. Name 12 receivers better than Adam Thielen and Stefan Diggs. Because my, my assertion was, this is two years ago, mm-hmm. the Vikings have two of the top 12 wide receivers in the NFL. Forget about fantasy numbers. Watch them play. Watch how reliable they are. I would amend that today to say top six-ish, that they're both like right there knocking on the door of the top five wide receivers in the NFL. Can you name definitively five wide receivers that, that you know are better than either Adam Thielen or Stefan Diggs? Think think about five. That. Okay, maybe five. I could think of. Okay, maybe think about that when we come back here. But uh, in the meantime, the Packers got smoked yesterday. Go Pack, go! Look, Mike McCarthy's seat just got hotter, man. Yes, it I, did. I don't care. You know, I was I was blaming the whole team in the first half, including Aaron Rodgers. But that second half, he they played better. Aaron Rodgers played better in the second half, and I still put him at fault for what our record is at. In this season, but Mike McCarthy, for him not to have his team ready to go on into a divisional game, a must-win game for where you're at in your season and for what's coming up for you, it's, it's this loss is clearly on Mike McCarthy, and his seat just got higher. I'll say it's a sixty percent chance Mike McCarthy will not be back next year. This was a terrible game, terrible game. Are you ready? Live from the TCL Broadcast Studios. We are ready. Now back to Mackie and John. Ready! On 1500 ESPN. Quick check on your traffic. It's brought to you by the Better Business Bureau. Uh, 35W northbound. We have a crash uh, in Minneapolis near uh, Lake Street and the 26th Street overpass. That's adding about four minutes to your commute if you're headed northbound on W. Join Better Business Bureau at the Torch Awards for Ethics. BBB's Torch Award embodies Better Business Bureau's mission of advancing trust in the marketplace. 14 businesses will be honored at U.S. Bank Stadium October 24th. Purchase tickets at bbb.org slash Minnesota.
Here's one down the seam, and that's Diggs to the two. Cousins has found six different receivers. He's found Stephon Diggs a lot. What a good couple of moves for a first down. That was brilliant. Second down and two as it took a sack off the board. Now Thielen in the end zone with a flag for the touchdown. All right, Thielen and Diggs. Judd, you have those numbers in front of you real quick. Thielen yep. and Diggs yep. and Kirk Combined? Cousins. Yep. Uh, so far this year, Cousins has completed 70% of his passes to that duo. 991 receiving yards, six touchdowns, and no picks. Dude. And they have been combined targeted 103 times, including Thielen, who's been um, targeted uh, uh, league high 47 times. And he leads the, uh, I'm sorry, 66 times. He has 47 receptions, which leads the league. And he's five yards behind DeAndre Hopkins yeah. for the league lead at 589 receiving yards. So I'm not talking about fantasy numbers here because you could name there's like DeAndre Hopkins as a fantasy wide receiver over the years until this year anyways, because Thielen's knocking on the door for that too. I'm not talking about just pure fantasy numbers, but with, with your eyes and watching these guys play and watching all the other NFL wide receivers, and the NFL's in a really good spot with wide receivers right now. Can you name... Five wide receivers that you think are definitively clearly better than Stefan Diggs or Adam Thielen? Because I, I wrote down four, maybe five. But I, I could be I could be talked off any of these. I mean, I think it's that I two years ago we had this conversation about top twelve, and people actually laughed at us. People thought we were being homers, which is ridiculous because I think first of all, you're the opposite of a homer. Yeah, I'd show. Be, I would be considered the polar opposite. So, yeah. What Stefan Diggs has never even put up a thousand yards. I don't care. Watch him. If he if he played on a team like DeAndre Hopkins plays on a team that has no other wide receivers most years, mm-hmm. and he gets targeted 180 times or whatever it is, and so of course he's going to catch 115 passes for 1,300 yards. Right. Try playing on a team where there's two really good receivers, or Adrian Peterson is on the team as of a few years ago, right? The names I wrote down... I have four of them that I would say, yeah, okay. I'd, That's I'd, what I had to is four. So we probably have the same four then. Odell Beckham Jr., mm-hmm. Julio Jones, mm-hmm. Antonio Brown, mm-hmm. and Michael Thomas. Yeah, I have DeAndre Hopkins. Okay. But I get but Michael Thomas, I'll listen to that. But but that's let's say that's, that's your list. probably where it stops. Who they and had, Thielen and Diggs are sitting right. Yeah, and they drafted Treadwell, right? <laughs> yes, they did. Imagine <laughs> that. Imagine, oh my God! Could you imagine what would you if you had Michael Thomas and these other two guys? Oh man! Wow, that might be fun. But I, that I th- I really think I, I don't think we're being homers to say that those two guys are very close to, if not two of the top five to six wide receivers in the entire league. They catch everything. Here, mm-hmm. so so, if we make this a real life football conversation, so take out the oh Beckham's so good, he's a pain in the butt, right? He's yeah. a complete pain. Yeah. So if you were actually starting a franchise, and somebody came to you and said you're starting a franchise, but you're going to get the person too, Beckham's off my list because there's no way, especially if you get to choose, if you get yeah. to choose Stefan Diggs instead right. of right, right. Mm-hmm. But I mean, these it's two just guys, a good dude. The incredible thing to me about Diggs and Thielen is, for their position, they're so normal. They're very low maintenance. Yeah, yeah. It's a high maintenance position. They're very low. Absolutely maintenance. is. Absolutely is. How? I, when's the last time they complained? Actually, Antonio Brown and Julio Jones and Michael Thomas are all fairly low maintenance too, right? 
Brown always the Brown cause he A A B kind of has semantics once in a while. Yeah. But antics are one I still thing. love him, but he has some. Yeah. I mean, there's antics, and there, there's getting flagged for a 15-yarder once in a while, and then there's... But didn't he film... Assaulting did, a kicking stanchion and But getting didn't he put on head. Facebook Live, like, a post-game locker room deal that was That's really true. sort of weird? That. He did Facebook Live. Diggs and Thielen like, don't do anything that would tick you off. Knock on hunt. Knock on wood there. <laughs> they just don't. Thielen arrested for Thielen's methamphetamines playing, or something. Thielen's playing for like 150 bucks this season. Think about that. He okay, let that's a little over. He's making like five four million dollars. Okay. Right? He's but, not broke. No, I'm not saying he's broke, but think about what most receivers in his in his shoes. Some of Thielen. With that production would yeah. yes. Well, you're I think with see, here's the thing. I, I think with with Stefan getting his new deal. They're gonna have to. They're gonna have to rip up Adam's deal and 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 give him give him a new one. Did you see? His, so Blake Barrett is his agent, mm-hmm. and Blake Blake Blake's office downtown Minneapolis. And I did see a Twitter exchange yesterday. I can't remember who it was. It might have been. Uh, I can't remember. It might have been. It might have been another local media member. Just tweeted at at Blake. Man, you're gonna have to renegotiate that thing this summer, right? And Blake responded, "Yep." Not that it's <laughs> not that not it's like confidential yours. information, but. <laughs> yeah, that's a first real problem. Oh man, four million dollars ain't enough because he's a he's probably a fourteen million dollar wide receiver with a ten million dollar discount right now. But they both they're both very similar in that they both check the hands box, the route running box. You can throw deep to either one of them in coverage, and they're very likely to come down with the football, even though they're not six foot four. You know, Julio Jones size. They're both fast and athletic. Um. They're, they'll they'll both bail you out on questionable throws too. They both seem like great leaders. I don't know. They're 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 very similar in almost every quality, and it's pretty rare to have one of those guys on your team. And they have two of them. And yeah. here's here's the other thing too, Phil. You talked about the fantasy numbers. How people get focused too much on the fantasy numbers. Now with the both of them, the fantasy numbers are there this year. Yeah, they're both putting up numbers now, big time. So it's like that yep. that argument isn't even like people can't even make that argument anymore about how well the fantasy numbers are not like well they're both being productive now numbers wise yeah. too. That was along the, with just being good. There's always receivers like that. Doug Baldwin was like that for a long time. For for two or three years, he'd catch fifty passes or sixty. But when you watched so from a fantasy mm-hmm. standpoint, you wouldn't even really play him. But when you watched him play, you thought, Whoa, that this dude's dude reliable, he can run a route and he, he breaks tackles. He's not doesn't seem to be super high maintenance, although there were yeah. a few things with him, I guess. And Cousins is absolutely key here. The ability to go out and get a quarterback who can complete th- those throws. Because, and the problem is, we we see his throws now, and we're like, well, of course, yeah. And Diggs caught the ball, and that's great. But think back to the amount of quarterbacks who we've seen who can't make those throws. Yeah, he's been... We've seen a lot of guys that simply The, could, the touchdown to feeling yesterday. Yes. I mean... I don't think the Keenum, three yard touchdown. Keenum, yeah, Keenum doesn't make that throw. That, I don't think Keenum. I don't think Keenum can drop it in that ball like that. That ball, if it's going to Thielen, is probably either out of bounds or two two seats in to the fans because mm-hmm. that's a really tough throw. Uh, this one, this was early in the game too. Three straight throws to start the day. Thielen with a diving oh, catch yes. inside the forty. Catch of 24 yards from Kirk Cousins. He had a similar throw. It might have been the fourth quarter. It was the second half to Stefan Diggs on the other side of the field 
where there's pressure in his face, and he's so good at throwing to an area yes. and letting the wide receiver mm-hmm. fill the area. He's not always looking for someone to flash open. He Cousins is open. yeah, he's he's really good at well. If I put it here in in about three seconds or whatever, you know, Thielen's going to run underneath it, or Diggs is going to dive and make the catch. I mean, that one Thielen had to like he like he dove for it and kind of contorted his body in a in a way where his back was almost to to Cousins. Yes, and he still came down with the football like that. He ridiculous. contorts really well, and it's, it's really weird. But absurd. But the incredible thing with with when Cousins throws to Thielen or Diggs is when when you see those plays unfold, Phil, you you think, yeah, makes perfect sense. I don't even have to see if it's Treadwell, I can tell the pass might not work. Just by the body, by by how he tries to catch the ball, it's a different story. Those two guys are so good and give you such confidence. If he throws to Treadwell, it's not that I think it won't be caught. But it takes more work. I think it won't be caught. I'll just, I'll, I'll, I'll just say it. <laughs> he caught a few balls yesterday. Yeah, for, I mean he's at four or five drops. I, I get it. I love how that's but, the bar we set now. He keep, hey, he caught a pass. But if you, what do you mean? but if you if you watch Treadwell catch the ball, you can see it doesn't look natural. That it doesn't look the same. Yeah, and it's the, Thielen, you're you're right. The contorting of the body is what is freakish. Yeah. Like you're like you're gonna get hit. Oh, you just didn't get hit because you just looked like uh, I mean he turtle. dove and then like twisted his body yep. and caught the ball as it was coming in. Like that that's yeah. just uh I'm ridiculous. trying to think of other wide receivers that you might put on this list, just as objectively as possible, that you would that you would definitively rank above Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen. A couple of years ago when we did this top twelve exercise. A lot of people were fighting. So I'm going to give you some of the names, if I remember correctly, that people were fighting for. That, no, you guys are idiots. This guy is for sure above these two. And let's see what the room thinks now. A.J. Green. Would you take A.J. Green definitively over Stefan Diggs or Adam Thielen? Not anymore. I wouldn't either. I'll take he's good, Thielen and Diggs. Yeah, just keep going. Uh, Jarvis Landry. No. I, no, no. No. I no like way. him, but he's I very wouldn't good, take him. But yep. No. Keenan Allen? No. Mm-mm. Yeah, again, he's he's awesome. He's not better than Thielen or Diggs. Yeah, I'd, I'd listen to A.J. Green, but those other two guys, uh-uh. What about Mike Evans or Devontae Adams? I mean, Devontae Adams has Aaron Bleeping Rodgers throwing Rogers. to him. Yeah. So, no. So, it's a no. No way. No, zero chance. Um, Man, I mean, Cooper Cup has some great numbers this year, but... Well, and he's got a great name. He does have a great <laughs> That's name. That's such a good football name. They were named Cooper good. Cup, honey, and he's going to be a football player. There's a fantasy football team name that I chose to go with this year that involves Todd Gurley and Cooper Cup. I'm going to let your your mind wander from there. Oh, I'm not going to touch I'd that. I expect you to be more mature than that. <laughs> so disappointed. Yep. Do they have to both be on your roster for it to work? Sad. Should we recap some of the latest Timberwolves Rams fan. drama when we come back? Yes. <laughs> oh, yes, yes, we should. Please. All right, yes. well, let's do that. Becky and Judd are back. Start churning butter and put on your church shoes, little sister, because we're about to blast off on 1500 ESPN. Is Jimmy leaving? Can Tibbs let him go? These are the days of our wolves. Oh, yeah. 
Mm-hmm. So I've got the events of the weekend when it comes to our favorite basketball team. <laughs> Let me just start. I'll just start on Saturday, transition to Sunday, and then we can all react to the complete dysfunction that is uh, the Wolves once again. All right. Johnny Krasinski, the athletic, writing off the Wolves' lone preseason home game. A 113-101 loss on Friday night to the Oklahoma City Thunder. I'm just going to give you a quote from the game story. It comes from the head coach and president of basketball operations. When you play like we're playing right now, no one looks good. You get into things together. You get out of things together. We have to sort of of circle the wagons, and we've got to get it going. We have to do that collectively. So, yes, you just heard me say Tibbs said circle the wagons after a preseason game. Is Jimmy leaving? Can Tibbs let him go? These are the days of our wolves. Oh, yeah. This collection seems like it's right on the verge of circling the wagons together, doesn't it? They they love each other. They're circling something. (laughs) Not the wagons. <laughs> oh my gosh! Uh, this is this is a quote. I'm pulling this from our guy Dane Moore, who who writes uh, he he writes for 1500ESPN.com, and he tweeted that it's at Dane Moore NBA. If you want to follow him, he does a wonderful job on Timberwolves. Great job, yeah. And Dane tweeted out this quote from Jeff Teague reacting to the loss on Friday night. Jeff Teague said, "Quote: You can tell the teams who got together over the summer." I think those guys spent a lot of time together over the summer. You can tell we didn't see each other until the season started here, so we got a little more time to get right, but we got to hurry up. <laughs> yeah, translated, we pretty much hate each other and wanted nothing to do with each other in any form, including text messaging or DMing on social media. So I'll take your quote, and I will raise you an Andrew Wiggins quote. Oh, yes, this is good. Is it just 20 Zs all no, in a row? No, this is post-game again. Oh, so, love, someone nudged Andrew Wiggins. A leader. To- a leader now. So yeah. everybody be quiet, because he's a leader. Such a leader. It felt like we just could have done more. The effort wasn't there. I felt like I could have done more. They killed us on the glass. Yeah. I love him. They killed us on the glass. Come, yeah. He had four rebounds all year last Andrew, year. Andrew Wiggins, of all people, talking about effort and rebounding. <laughs> Son- uh, actually, hold on a second. Yeah, okay. I, got, I got a little game show for you guys, okay? It's, right. it's not going to take very long to play. It's actually going to be probably a pretty quick game show. But let's play a game called How Many Assists Has Andrew Wiggins Dished Out in the Preseason So Far? All right, so Andrew Wiggins has played, let's see here, in the preseason, twenty about 100 minutes. He's played about 100 minutes. Uh-huh. Now, mind you, this is a former number one overall pick. Mm-hmm. This is a guy who can pretty much do anything he wants on a basketball court. Not the greatest handles, and he's got some flaws, even you know, mechanical flaws. He needs to, but needs to like, work on the jumper a little bit. but Of course, but like... He can make his way around a basketball court pretty mm-hmm. well, right? Likes to possess the ball. How many assists does Andrew Wiggins have so far in the preseason? 100 minutes, four games. Four games. I'm going to say three. Lower. I'm going to say one. That is correct. Andrew Wiggins hey, has distributed. one assist. One assist in the preseason so far. He has combined for 10 points and six turnovers in his last two games against the Bucks in Oklahoma City. Oh, but the dysfunction's not done yet. I give to you Adrian Wojnarowski at Wojbomb, ESPN.com, Sunday morning. 
The Timberwolves and Heat advanced to the brink of a blockbuster trade for all-star forward Jimmy Butler over the weekend, only for the deal to fracture before completion, league sources told ESPN. Minnesota had shared Butler's medical info with Miami late in the week, sources said. A typical last step, last step, before finalizing a trade, uh, Glenn Taylor and the owner of the Heat had become involved in the talks, and there was hope that a trade call with the league office could finalize a deal soon. Until Minnesota moved to amend the framework of the trade, and talks collapsed on Saturday. Do we know what was on the table, specifically? Because if they've turned down any trade, really, that involves Josh Richardson. Yes. Josh Richardson's not a star, but he's on a four-year, $42 million contract. He's a very good two-way player. Okay. Yes, he's 25 years old. He can shoot threes. He can play defense. I've got your answer. The the Heat had softened on including him in versions of a possible deal for Butler, only to recoil once Minnesota pushed late for a sweeter return on Jimmy Butler. Is Jimmy leaving Can Tibbs let him go? These are the days of our wolves. Dude. Dude. I just, I don't, you know, I understand. Listen, I I understand that there is, you know, when you're trying to make a trade, especially for a player of the caliber of Jimmy Butler, there, there, there is a negotiation tactic that goes into this but what is what is going on here what is going on like if Miami listen I I understand that you know Pat Riley is probably going to try and pull a fast one over you and he's going to try and just basically dump his garbage contracts onto you and trying to get one of the best one of the 15 best players in the NBA in return so he's going to try and send you, you know, Dion Waiters and Hassan Whiteside, you know, two, you know, inflated contracts of one-dimensional players that you don't really want anything to do with. I understand that. But if they're going to give you Josh Richardson, who's 25 years old, he's a good defender, which you need. He's a wing player. Imagine him, him and a Kogi on the, on the floor at the same time. Okay. He's a good three-point shooter, mm-hmm. which you need. He's young, which you need. He's on a he's on a fairly good team-friendly contract, which you really need right yeah. now. I don't know what else. I, I, I so, mean, so Tobias Harris turned down was it eighty million over four, four years, four and eighty, yeah. And he's got one more year. So let let's say that, which is really weird that he would turn that down because it is. And I don't know. I don't know how good he. Th- I mean, I like him, but I don't know how good he thinks he is. But let's say let's say he's a four four and eighty million dollar player. So mm-hmm. so you, you could argue that Josh Richardson, you'd just flat out rather have him over the next four years period. But then when you factor in that he makes. Assuming four and eighty for Tobias Harris, that he would make half as much money in a salary mm-hmm. cap league. The other thing too to keep in mind: the Wolves already have two max players on the books, and one of them is terrible. One of them is Andrew <laughs> Wiggins. He's terrible. So you can't. You're, you're not going to be able to fit a third max contract on your books unless you do some major finessing here or get a max caliber player for a little bit less money. But even then. If you bring in a twenty, let's say a twenty to twenty-five million dollar player, and find a way to fit it under your salary cap, if you do find a way to do that, like replace Jimmy Butler with another max caliber player, mm-hmm. your team's going to be stuck in eight seed purgatory because Wiggins isn't good enough to carry that much water. So yeah. you should be looking for the guys like Josh Richardson, 
that are valuable players, maybe with you know two, three levels of upside, and they're only making $10 million. They're nowhere near max caliber players, but maybe they can start to fill out they, your roster. and They blew up the deal on purpose. That's all you need to know. Because I'm looking at this and I'm saying, <laughs> okay, if, if if it's going to be, and again, I don't know what's what was all on the table. If it's like, if it's Goran Dragic and Josh Richardson, I would probably take that. Yeah, I, I then, would too. I would then, too at this and point. And then, you know, you, you then, okay, then you, your, your, your point guard situation is you've got two starting caliber point guards, well, then you'd probably try and flip Jeff Teague for something. Yeah, I mean, if there was any way, any way to get Richardson and Winslow or Richardson and Olenek, and I don't know what else you'd have to give up besides Jimmy Butler, unless if there's if there's no other team ready to make a trade with you and there's no leverage to force the Heat into doing that. I mean, it's hard to know because we're not in the room here, but I got to mm-hmm. think Pat Riley, a week before the season starts, if he's putting Josh Richardson on the table, like if 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 two weeks ago he wasn't putting Josh Richardson on the table, and now it's like, all right, well we're negotiating. All right, we'll put Josh Richardson on the table, and the Wolves are still saying, nope, sorry. The only way to get this trade done is to fire your chief executive. It's the only way. Do you think that He's happens in the next deals. nine days? Percent chance Tom Thibodeau gets fired in the next nine days? I think it's fairly. Is it non-zero? I oh yeah, it it's got to be. He's he is yeah, actively I, sabotaging your ability. If Miami, it sounds like this was basically done, and they're coming in again, and it's not going at the last second and being like, "Well, what we really want is this." He's sabotaging the deal. Man. The problem is, is I don't trust Glenn to step in and make the right. You know, if if Glenn says, "Okay, Tibbs, you're done, you're out of here," then I mean, he's the one that's going to step in and make. You know, if he says, Tibbs, you're out of here because you won't make this deal, yep. then he's going to be the one to step in and make the deal. And I don't know if I trust him would you guys, to make that decision either. Would you guys go along with, with this? Let's say they get an okay but not great deal for Jimmy if it meant that Tibbs would then quit. So if Glenn stepped in and said, Tom, I made the trade. Too late. Bye. See ya. And Tibbs said, well, th- then I quit. Would you go along? Would you go down that path? No, I think I think you should be able to... I don't think there's any reason why you can't get a decent return for Jimmy Butler. But I'm just saying, let's say they make this, let's say Glenn calls Riley back today and says, the Richardson trade is on. I'm okaying it. It's done. And then he calls Tibbs in and says, I just called Jimmy, his agent. I traded him. So you're saying... And then Tibbs Tibbs says, bleep this. I didn't okay that. I quit. So it gets Tibbs to quit. So you're saying the Wolves get Josh Richardson and a new... Figurehead of and the nine days operations. Before, and nine days before the season, your head coach Where do I sign? walks out. Where do I sign? Yes. I think a, a bigger question, too, is for Pat Riley, how badly do you want Jimmy Butler? Because if, if, if the Wolves are scoffing at, you know, if, if you have a deal in place and the Wolves are scoffing at it now and saying, well, we want this, too, and you're saying no, I mean, is... Pat Riley, does he want Jimmy Butler bad enough to say okay? I, but the rework, the rework deal, I, in my opinion, is probably was probably put out there to because you knew that they they would say no. Like I don't think mm-hmm. it was a reasonable request. I, I read. But a, what happens if Pat Riley now just says okay? Well, bleep you guys. I don't. I don't even want Jimmy Butler that bad then, anyway. That's what I'm saying. If you're Glenn, do you then call him back and say running. I will do? There, there was a quote uh, from a Heat source in the Miami paper on Saturday or or Sunday that said they're asking for our firstborn. 
So Tibbs is changing. He's changing the price of poker constantly to not make the trade. That yeah. sounds to me like it's like Richardson, Dragic, Olenek, Bam, and Eric and, like, and Eric Spolstra swap for Tom Thibodeau, right. and like an un and like two unprotected first <laughs> round could, picks. If you could, if you could, if you could handcuff Tom Thibodeau um, to Jimmy Butler and just get Eric Spolstra back, and you give up a first round pick, but you get Eric Spolstra, would you guys do it? Because I would. At this point? Hell yeah! You think you like appetizers? Tom Thibodeau doesn't just like appetizers. He f***ing loves them! We're looking to add wings. More Mackie and Judd coming up next on 1500 ESPN. Phil Mackie. If you hate Phil, I'm fine with that. If Phil's a first-class jerk, if he's an ass and that's how you feel about it, that's fine. Judd Zolgad. Has he become that crusty? I think, I think he's always been. Mackie and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Quick check on your traffic, 94 westbound. Uh, about, a, about a seven minute delay. That's because of a crash uh, between Highway 65 and 3rd Avenue in Minneapolis. Also, 35W southbound uh, between Stinson and Hennepin Avenue in Lauderdale. Look out for a crash here. That's adding about four minutes to your commute. And uh, 694 westbound, we have a crash in Columbia Heights uh, between Silver Lake Road and Central Avenue. That's adding about seven minutes to your commute. Le ha sobrado distancia, le van a servir. Tiene altura, tiene profundidad, va a llegar, va a llegar. ¡Ganó, lo ganó! 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 ¡Señor! ¡Ganó, lo ganó! ¡Ganó, lo ganó! ¡Yo sí le voy, le voy a los Panthers! ¡Taca, taca, 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 taca! That was, the, that was the Graham Gano, a 63-yard game winner to beat the Giants. So Pat Shermer's having a rough time over there, having to corral Odell Beckham Jr. and yeah. old Eli Manning and no offensive line. He got a little line. snippy with the media yesterday. That's not his strong up. suit. Right? That was That's always been his thing, right? He's not going to be... Yeah, he's not. That That's, that's going to be a tough job for him to thrive in because of the market. Yeah. Like, if he was... If you put him in Jacksonville, I think he might thrive. But I still, I will never understand. Among the things I will never get is how on earth do you draft, I believe, third overall last April and you don't take a quarterback? Yeah. I'll never understand that. In this day and age. Well, they thought they they thought Eli had a couple of years left, and they thought the and they were right about the second thing. Well, I mean, Eli hasn't been atrocious. The offensive line's that bad. But th- that division is is up for grabs. And I got news for the Eagles. And now Jay Ajayi is announced he's hitting injured reserve out for the season with a torn ACL after that Vikings game yesterday. The Eagles at 2-3, and three, tough schedule. Starting running back is out. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're making the playoffs. Did you see this stat on the Giants? Judd, I talked to you about it before the show, that the Giants yesterday scored 30-plus points for the first time in almost three years. What? Yeah. They had not scored what? thirty points in a game since two thousand fifteen. What? Not I even know. not even a game where they get two defensive touchdowns or something. Nope. 
They haven't scored 30 points since 2015. Since 2015. And they, and they lost. <laughs> yeah. And they lost yesterday. Oh, yes. my goodness. Play that kick again. That's fantastic. I love this call. Le ha sobrado distancia. Le van a servir. Tiene altura. Tiene profundidad. Va a llegar. Va a llegar. Ganó, lo ganó. 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 Señor. Ganó, lo ganó. Ganó, lo ganó. And then he dies. And then he, and then he has a heart attack. What was that? On the radio. I'm being serious here. What was that last part? I don't know what that was. It was just noises. No idea. <laughs> Apparently, that's been like a normal thing. Whenever Graham Gano makes a makes a game winning kick for the Spanish feet, it's like it the same play by play guy. Yeah, because he had, he kicked a field goal. I found it. He kicked a field goal to beat the Giants a couple of years ago. So I'm going to go and on it a was like and the same. It was like the same type of call. Was that is does do the Carolina Panthers have a home Spanish speaking play by play guy or was that the new, it was, was the that same the, guy when I listened to the clip from no a couple they probably years ago, have a same, home guy okay then. or yeah. was that like Westwood One's no, national no. guy and he just freaks out because that's a little biased right the there that's <laughs> the he would have done it for the other team for the Giants uh, and then there's the Packers who lost to the Lions embarrassingly oh. and thanks to our friends on the fan in Milwaukee the Green and Gold post game show we have audio gold audio green and gold for you go Pat, go we're leaving the game because um, we live about an hour from Detroit took my son to his first ever Packers game and uh, it was terrible yeah you know this is just not looking like a very good football team the way they played in Washington and today, and the way they let that Minnesota game slip away, you know, I'm left with nothing but thinking about uh, Mike McCarthy being on the hot seat. This yeah. may be it because they have, like you just said, more talent. You know, the parts are greater than the sum. So, yeah, man, it's just uh, a poop show, and this may be it. They may not make the playoffs, and that'll be the end of Mike. Go, Pat, go! Okay, can we... Okay, I'm not a parent. None of us are parents. We don't none of us have kids. But can we stop with using the kid using I brought my kid to this yeah. game <laughs> yes. and you know That's so so, true. so it's going to so we're going to make like I saw somebody I I went I went to uh, Mason Crosby's Twitter page just to see like some of the <laughs> oh, if see people no, were tweeting dude. and some guy like tweeted at him you know, you made my daughter cry with all those field goals that you missed yesterday or, or missed earlier today or something like that. It's like, come on, really? Like, we're going to use the kid as a reason to make the football player feel bad for playing poorly. And the dad cried, too. So, like, come on. Like, we're going to use the six-year-old kid to to vent out your frustrations with the team when the six-year-old kid is just happy to be at the game. Using your six-year-old kid as a, as a Packers fan shield. Yeah, like, I come on. My, I took my son to that game. <laughs> How dare you, Mike McCarthy? It's one thing if you go to the stadium and your kid's there and somebody's dropping, you know, somebody's sitting behind you is dropping F-bombs and right. just drunk as hell and doing all sorts of things. That's different. But don't don't use your kid to try and, like, Make the team feel bad that they lost a game that you're that you're the only one who's really mad about. Classic Packer fan. Yeah. Go Pack! Go! 
All right, the football hour next. Matthew Collar, Courtney Cronin will join as well. Mackie and Judd and Manny Hill from the TCL Broadcast Studios. Sit tight. The Mackie and Judd show will continue in a moment. Do I have your word on that, sir? Mackie and Judd. Absolutely. On 1500 ESPN.